Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we're talking about the importance of the truth. It seems as if truth is under attack in many places today and it seems as if many people don't really value telling, telling the truth or being honest. But telling the truth is at the heart of the Christian faith, and it's at the heart of every healthy, functioning society. What do we need to be reminded about this? And how do we think about living it out and speaking it, even in difficult circumstances? I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on following Jesus in turbulent times. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Memorial Day was originally known as Decoration Day. It originated during the Civil War when citizens would place flowers on the graves of those who had been killed in battle. In 1868, an organization of Union veterans promoted a national holiday on May 30th. Its purpose was for placing flowers and decorating the graves of those who had died in defense of their country during the Civil War. After World War I, the day was expanded to honor not just those who had died in the Civil War, but those who had died in all U.S. wars. So the name was changed from Decoration Day to Memorial Day. Memorial Day is observed with the laying of a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery and by religious services, parades, and speeches nationwide. Many Americans lost their lives in Europe during World War II because Adolf Hitler and other German leaders regularly lied to their own people. In the summer of 1939, as Adolf Hitler and his aides were finalizing plans to invade Poland, the public mood in Germany was tense and fearful. So the Nazi regime launched an aggressive media campaign to build public support for a war that few Germans actually wanted. To present the invasion as a morally justifiable defensive action, the German press played up supposed Polish atrocities, referring to real or alleged discrimination and violence directed at Germans living in Poland. The Nazis even staged a border incident designed to make it appear as if Poland had initiated the hostilities when they did not. <clears throat> On August 31st, 1939, German SS men dressed up in Polish army uniforms and attacked one of their own German radio stations. The next day, Hitler announced his decision to send troops into Poland in response to the supposed Polish incursions into the Reich. German propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels manipulated public opinion 
by creating newsreel footage after the war began. He would edit and revise 12 to 18 hours worth of video down to 20 to 40 minute segments that could be shown in movie theaters all over Germany. At the Wannsee Conference on January 20th, 1942, high-level Nazi party, SS, and German state officials announced their decision to annihilate the Jewish people. They intentionally deceived the German population about their genocidal policy. Stories were fabricated as part of the planned deception. There was a campaign of lies. More recently, Vladimir Putin lied to the Russian people, telling them it was necessary to send Russian troops into, into Ukraine to rescue them from a growing Nazi influence and to keep the peace. People who lived in Ukraine would talk to their family members in Russia and tell them the truth about what was going on in their country, and their own family members in Russia would not believe them. They believed the lies that the Russian media were telling them, rather than the truth that their own family members in Ukraine were telling them. But lying is not just a German problem or a Russian problem. It's a human problem. And it's as big of a problem here in our country as it is anywhere in the world. We are living in a post-truth world where demonstrable falsehoods, exaggerations, and unsubstantiated boasts have become the norm. Inconsistent claims are made one day and retracted the next. People create their own movies, just like Goebbels did in Germany during World War II, and people believe them, thinking they are watching the truth. How do we faithfully follow Jesus in this fallen world? <clears throat> Four of the things that we need to do are to tell the truth, discern the truth, pray for the truth, and live out the truth. First of all, we need to tell the truth. In the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20:16 says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in Ephesians 4:15, it tells us to speak the truth in love. The Christian faith is built on the idea that Jesus is the truth, and we are called to speak the truth with each other. Our society has been built on the necessity of people being honest with each other. When you take the stand in a court of law, you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's not complicated. It's very simple. We need to be honest with each other. This is what our parents and grandparents teach us from our earliest days. 
One of the first habits we are taught is to be forthright. Our elementary school teachers, when we are teaching the most basic character attributes of getting along with each other, teach us to be honest. But it doesn't seem to come naturally. We all have a sinful human nature where we want to protect ourselves and our reputations. We are afraid of getting in trouble, so we don't tell the truth. Honesty goes all the way back to the very first chapter in the Bible. <clears throat> when God creates the world, he speaks, and it is. There is no difference between what God says and what God does. And as his children, he wants us to be the same way. <clears throat> he wants there to be no difference <clears throat> between what we say and what we do. If you have done something, admit it. It is a crime to lie to a police officer. Our society is based on the idea that people will tell the truth. And when we don't, our society unravels. We can't control what other people do, but we can control what we do. It may seem like a little thing, but the Bible calls us to tell the truth. The less that people do this, the more our world comes apart. The more that people do this, the more our world is strengthened. As much as we don't like to admit our mistakes, as hard as it can be to acknowledge our shortcomings, the health and strength of our society is built on people telling the truth. And our Christian faith commands us to be honest. Secondly, we also need to discern the truth. Back in the old days, we used to go to the grocery store or the drugstore, and up by the register where you would pay for your purchases, there used to be editions of the National Enquirer. There were all these crazy stories about aliens who had abducted people from Earth, ridiculous government conspiracies, and men who had given birth to babies. We used to laugh at these stories because everyone knew the accounts in the National Enquirer were not true. We all knew they were made up, <clears throat> and we marveled at people who would actually spend money to buy a copy. But today it seems as if we have had an explosion of outlets that are doing the same thing. It's like we now have thousands of national inquirers out there. The problem is, is that it seems like people don't realize they're reading the national inquirer anymore. People are believing lies that are being peddled. In the last month, I have heard a few people who have believed some crazy stories about some video they watched online and they can't believe how nobody else has seen this truth and why nobody else is paying attention to this supposed atrocity that has been committed. They don't know how to discern the truth. 
2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Many people today are writing about confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is our tendency to look for information that supports what we already believe. If we believe something that is wrong, we don't want people to correct us. We don't want people to tell us the truth where we would have to revise what we believe. We want people to confirm what we already think. We listen to others who already agree with us rather than those who challenge our beliefs. We saw this in spades during the COVID pandemic. People would believe things about the COVID virus that didn't come from reputable sources. Rather than wanting to learn, they would only listen to people who would confirm what they already believed. One of the most foundational beliefs of our Christian faith is a respect for the truth. As Christians, we believe that we need to be humble enough to change our minds. We need to accept the premise that we don't know everything, and we might have misunderstood something. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit correcting us and revising our beliefs so that we believe the truth. We have to learn the ability to discern the truth. We know that not everyone in our world is telling us the truth. We have to learn how to tell the difference between the liars and the truth tellers. Rather than just listening to people who say what we want to hear, we need to listen to those who will tell us what we need to hear. We need Jesus to help us discern the truth. Thirdly, we also need to pray for the truth. 1 Timothy 2, 1-7 through says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Paul here is bringing together the political, the social, and the spiritual realms around this idea of truth. He says we need to pray for all people. 
He says we especially need to pray for kings and those in authority that we may live quiet and peaceful lives. We need to pray that our elected and appointed leaders will tell us the truth so that we know what's really going on. We need to pray that those who have a big megaphone will not lead people astray and that people of character will lead our society because the truth matters. We can't make good decisions without the truth. And every time we tell the truth, we are fighting back against the father of lies. Paul says here that God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This is a realization that all people are not saved. All people still need to come to a knowledge of God's truth. Truth is important to us spiritually as well as in all areas of our society. Paul says here that the truth is that there's only one mediator between us and God, Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can reconnect us with our Heavenly Father. And Paul was appointed by God as a herald, as a spokesman, to tell people the truth. This is what we pray for. We pray that God will believe the truth. We pray that the truth will prevail. We pray that people will not be deceived, that people will not believe lies, and that people will not be conned. People get hurt when they believe lies. People have lost their life savings when they have believed lies. People have died because they have believed lies. We need to pray for the truth, that people would see it, recognize it, and believe it. Fourthly and finally, we need to live out the truth. This is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Both salt and light have a transforming effect on their surroundings. Light dispels darkness. <clears throat> salt keeps food from going bad. Jesus is challenging us to have a comparable dynamic impact on our surroundings. Jesus is encouraging us to have a penetrating engagement with our world combined with a radical distinctiveness. To be the light of the world involves speaking the truth to people, sharing the gospel with others, and pushing back on the darkness of ignorance and sin. 
Jesus is calling us to be different from the world around us. He wants people to see our good works so that they will give glory to God in heaven. He is talking about people's lives that are attractive to others because we are filled with goodness, mercy, love, compassion, and justice. Salt and light both speak of contrast and distinctiveness. Jesus is telling us two things, that the world around us is both corrupt and dark, and that followers of Jesus do have the power to make a difference in the world around us, just like salt and light. As Christians, we are to penetrate society, not withdraw from it. We are to fully engage in all aspects of the public arena. As we do this, we are also to retain our distinctiveness within society. We are not to be just like everybody else. This penetrating distinctiveness is our Christian calling to be the salt and the light the world needs us to be. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. John Stott once put it this way, if meat goes rotten when it is left out in the open, there is no point blaming the meat. That is what happens in its natural state. The question to ask is, where was the salt? If a room goes dark in the evening, there is no point blaming the room. That is what happens when the sun goes down. The question to ask is, where was the light? If society goes rotten, corrupt, and evil, there is no point blaming society. That is what happens in a world full of fallen sinners left to themselves. The question to ask is, where are the Christians? If we are no different from the world around us, then we have become part of the problem. We are called to penetrate society and retain our distinctiveness. There is no biblical mission without biblical living. In a post-truth world of fake news, contradictions, and denials, we stand out when we tell the truth. In a world of confusion, we stand out when we are confident of what we believe. In a world of confirmation bias, we stand out when we are humble enough to change our minds when we realize we were wrong. But changes always start with small steps. Societal shifts always begin with individuals and small groups who choose to live a different way. Our task is not impossible, and our task is not complicated. It all begins and ends with Jesus. It's all centered on what the Bible has always taught us. Just like 2,000 years ago, the faith that has been handed down to us is still telling us to tell the truth, discern the truth, pray for the truth, and live out the truth.
God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.